Welcome, everybody, to the Summer Spectacular on the podcast. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Tom, and I also go by the name Mr. T. I'm based in Minnesota and do a mini golf endeavor with my wife called A Couple Putts, where we play courses and all that fun stuff. And I do this podcast as well, the podcast. And I also helped co-found a mini golf organization with this guy over here. And I'm going to let him introduce himself. Co-host, introduce yourself. Co-host. So yes, I am Pat, also well known as the putting penguin. Um, Although today I was a different aquatic animal for a little while that we might touch on later on the episode so like tom we do our mini golf review stuff over at the putting penguin if you're watching this you probably know all about everything that we do media wise the ama uh, the podcast uh, walkabout players one shot golf players regular mini golf players there, there's a whole lot that we do and uh yeah tonight we're just talking on the internet because that's that's another thing that we've been doing since covid and I probably should throw in the thing we do in all of our podcasts, but uh, this is the official podcast broadcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. We both helped found it, and you can become a member for free at amaminigolf.com. There's a couple of events we'll be talking about in very different parts of the United States that will be happening in the next three weeks. Yeah, three weeks is about right between this weekend and the 15th that we'll talk about later, but we wanted to let you know about that. We're on social media. You're listening to our podcast probably before, so you know where to find us. So um, we're coming on here because there is just so much to talk about in the summer in mini golf and competitive mini golf. But there is absolutely no bigger event in the world than the World Adventure Golf Masters. And Pat's played in it back in 2019 in Sweden. But we thought we should get someone who played in the event this year which is what we're going to do right now is we are going to bring our guest into the studio right now we have vanette block welcome vanette why don't you introduce yourself if people are in the mini golf world they might know who you are but just in case they don't introduce yourself vanette Hi, I'm Finette Block. I reside in North Carolina, and I've been playing on the U.S. national team since 2018. And a Pat was on my team that year. That was good times. And um, I'm on the World Mini Golf Federation Women in Sport Committee. I have recently started a nonprofit called American Mini Golf Partnership that hopefully will uh, promote the sport and uh, bring in some funding for the sport because we all know that that is sorely lacking. And um, I am an official world champion miniature golfer. I did win the gold medal in 2018 and uh, just got back last night from Austria, a little town called Gumpelskirchen, about 30 minutes outside of Vienna, was where this year's World Adventure Golf Masters was held. Yeah. So for some quick context, we're recording this on the 21st. The tournament was the 16th through the 18th. So three (laughs) days, as Vanette will get into, um, all sorts of divisions, teams, 
mixed pairs, individual competitions. And if you want to see a whole bunch of stuff about it after this podcast or after this episode, um, also when you're listening to this on the podcast, we'll have it in the show notes and everything, but the World Mini Golf Sport Federation, their Instagram, their Facebook, their website has all sorts of great stuff from the tournament. So after you've listened to this great conversation we're about to have with Vanette about it, you can go check out all of the cool pictures and stuff that are out there. Uh, over on their their sites. So, Vanette, we've both seen tons and tons of photos and videos of the course, but why don't you tell us about that wild course that you just got done playing in Austria? Well, I think for the public, it's a par 45. Um, for us, probably 39, 40 would be par um there's uh, a hole that was par four to par five it's it's up for discussion <laughs> so, <laughs> par four or par five i think it probably paid about i would guess about a 4.5 would be my guess on the stats so it was uh, a long and windy hole and uh you could actually have two people playing on the hole at once it was so long so um the really the first putt was the key to having a shot at a three you had to go around a double bend and you had to have the right ball at the right speed um i wasn't good at that so i just played it to play in the exact same place and i put um my confidence in my second shot which was a really long off a couple of double hills shot so it would usually give me a chance at a four which worked out about half the time for me so i never had a chance at a three but i was not good on the first shot in order to, to attempt that as um it's it's sort of like you take your risk on the first shot or the second shot and i just went with what i was better at um, can you can you give us a length because i've it's hard to tell from the photos but for context is are we talking like 75 feet more than that wow <laughs> <laughs> it was with more like than that. Well, distance I, here. i had to pull out my binoculars at one point just to <laughs> the end of the no. hole Wow. Yeah, it's sort of an, um, a wraparound hole with an extra dose of uphill. Um, this course was very long and not flat anywhere, pretty much. Very few of the holes were flat. So you're always on inclines or not on inclines, or um, the area near the hole wouldn't be, I wouldn't call it super flat. So if mm. like, on our tournament days, the winds came up or sometimes you missed some putts by a little bit, you could roll very, very far away from where you <laughs> wanted the ball to be. And uh, that made it a little more difficult. Um, definitely a much longer course than we're used to playing in certainly a number of holes you had to hit much harder. And uh, uh Euro ball. I call them Euro balls. The official term is mini golf balls, but I still call them Euro golf Euro balls because it's easier for me to differentiate. Um, I did. Uh, oh, thank you, Wade. I saw that. 
And Wade's, Wade Zommel, uh, one of her teammates, was saying it's about the first shot's about 40 feet, second shot's about 40 more feet, and the third about 10 if you play it for a three. So thank you, Wade, for chiming in. And we have another person chiming in. We have Paula Gay oh, that's chiming in and watching. And Paula Gay, in her own rights, is a fantastic putter, uh, PPA and a world pro, champion. And world champion. And, also, and many yep. And uh, yeah, so this was, um, it, it was a long course and some of the holes were pretty wide and uh, there's no way we could learn all the deuces. Wade and Olivia did chart all the, all the deuces that we knew wow. about until the winds came. And then we found some that weren't on the charts. <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't been here. What does it do? You know, They did a tremendous job of that, but it was, uh, it was, Oh my gosh. So many bogeys and very few aces. So, mm. um, and really one of the holes, I'd consider it a, par three it, it reminded me of the layup shot we had last year in finland where mm. you're once again there was two options where how aggressive you want to be on your first putt determines your second putt and where you want to be mm-hmm. but um you're almost like having to make three separate shots two to three separate shots on each hole where normally you go to a golf course and you're like well, on some of the more difficult holes where you're, uh, all right, I've got to execute the first putt. My second putt may be a tap in this big or this big or whatever. And in these cases, a, a few of these holes, just like in Finland, is like, all right, your first putt, if you get it in this range, where my screen is, about this range here, that's almost like an ace. Because then you have a better shot at the deuce line to make your next putt. So um, if you... Uh, don't get exactly where you want to be on your first putt. It makes it harder. Or even sometimes when you get, you might hit your first putt perfectly, but your second putt's not so good. And then things go south pretty fast on that course. And Uh, I pulled up the stats. You you were pretty close on the average. So for hole 14, the average was 4.47 for the tournament. Rounds up to 4.5. And and for for context, the next highest hole was hole seven. Yeah, that's the other one. So every it was way up there, then three, and then everything else was more like normal in the the high ones, low two ranges. So interesting spread of uh, difficulty there. Yeah, seven. I mean, that was that was when I was just mentioning that I was thinking of. Yeah, it was where you had to set up your first. You could make it two. But if you hit it too hard, you could end up in a nasty bunker or you hit it too easy. You end up with a four foot breaking putt that could still go into bunker. Uh, also, if uh, Olivia Prepakova Samuel hadn't been in the tournament making those threes on the other hole, the average probably would have been 4.75. <laughs> <laughs> keep that in context. And not a single, yes, not a single deuce on that hole for the whole tournament. No, you couldn't reach it. You, you well, I don't know. Uh, maybe if you sent one airborne off a rock and <laughs> off two hills or something, probably a customer maybe could do it. One yeah. in a million. But yeah, yes. one, considering there was about 800 tries at it and there wasn't a single one, I'd say statistically it's pretty dang low for most yeah, it's, people. It's, it's just too long. And uh, 
very nasty, very nasty breaking putts on that hole too. Mm -hmm. And if you miss them, sometimes you go back to where you were on shot two. Oh. <laughs> I didn't oh, have that happen, thankfully, feeling. but I did have one in a bunker come back back to me. But uh, I only did that once. <laughs> and for. So, and for people listening in that might not be as familiar with the international game and World Adventure Golf Masters, this is an event that is played and Finette sort of alluded to it with not only just like your typical golf ball that you would play in a course, but they are using the wide, wide range of balls that are part of the game of mini golf that's more played in continental Europe, Scandinavia, Great Britain, and people in the United States don't have much of a concept for it as I've gone around, but it's why if you watch international players that are using these rubber faced putters is because some of the balls they are using are glass and of materials where if you're hitting with the steel uh, face, you're really going to bang up that ball. And so it's a really different game to play. And for the United States players, not only the travel being significant where no one can afford like a cheap flight, just from one country to another to go practice every once in a while. Like the Czechs, I'm sure, had a, you know, a number of visits to that course because they're oh, yeah. they neighboring were. right by another country. But, you know, in addition, the players in the U.S., I imagine, Vinette, do you use mini golf balls like the Euro mini golf balls at any other event throughout the year other than Wagam? No, we, we don't, nor do we use the putter. Uh, although some of the guys may start incorporating but i know uh, i believe at the pop stroke and some of these other places you're not even allowed yeah. to use the putter um and we really don't have anywhere to practice no i mean even though we have our local courses i mean we're not hitting the balls at you know we're not taking three-quarter swings there was one hole that had um a significant uphill uh portion and it was played with best with uh, the golf balls that sort of had a soft face. So like we're trying to hit them up and we're getting halfway up the hill with our, <laughs> our first swings. And, and, and uh, I think in one case, some of our guys took five or six tries just to get up the hill. Wow. And we're like, we can't, you know, a lot of the other countries they're used to hitting the ball super, super hard and yep. straight. And we're not used to that. We don't need to hit a ball that hard and straight, but on some of their other surfaces like the felt and the so forth there, some of those players are, are used to it. So we conceded a little bit of advantage to take a, a slightly harder cover. I had a ball that had a little bit of squish to it. I call it squish. And there's all these fancy terms for the, the, the covers and the speed and the drops and the fast and the slow. And we could talk about golf ball technology for a million hours. But to me, I'm like, okay, this one's squishy. It's like hitting a marshmallow. <laughs> yep. you know, people understand. It's like, I was like, all right, you, you take three different golf balls that look like golf balls. And one feels like you're hitting a bowling ball and it goes two feet. And the next one, you feel like you're hitting a ping pong ball. It could go 50 feet. So, um, a question I get a lot 
asked is, well, can you play with a regular golf ball? I mean, absolutely. We can go there. We could play with a regular golf ball and we can get waxed by 50 strokes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I did play the Chrome Max on three holes. And in retrospect, because we practiced in non-windy conditions, um, the winds kicked up on the two tournament days. Uh, I played with Wade on the, se the second day and he and I were lucky. It wasn't terrible for the most part on ours, but I know that Rick got caught in some 20, 25 mile an hour gusts Oof. in a couple of his rounds. And, uh, but uh, like I switched to a different golf ball, a mini golf ball from the Chromax once or twice. But if I'd known it was going to be windy the whole time, I would have not ever practiced on a couple of the holes and just used a heavier golf ball because the winds were blowing blowing them around a little bit but yeah i mean there there's there's no rules as say we can't play with a golf ball it just has to be with um one that's approved by wagon yeah 41 with a golf ball and 31 with a euro ball yep and that and was I, wade chiming in on that for the yeah, people listening on the podcast I just saw that. That makes sense. I mean, and that's the best players. You're giving up 10 strokes yeah. with the best players setting records. So for, you know, somebody that's not used to those courses, easily 15 strokes around, you just, you're giving away because you, you can't control. Well, and even like if you chose to use mini golf balls on like some of your local courses, like if you went on a Harris course and played yeah. it, like I use them at Matterhorn just to play around and to get some practice in But the Wagam courses for the most part, aren't even like anything that we really have in America yeah. in general. I'm thinking back, like maybe the one in the Czech Republic is probably closest to one you would see normally in the U S but the, the city golf style courses, like you said, with the, you know, not very flat, all these ways, like you just, you don't have a place anywhere in the U S where you can combine both using the Euro golf balls and on a course that that tournament style is going to be on. So we're kind of sure. double behind the ball. Oh, absolutely. And the Kungel Sweden one that you played, that was by far the closest one to an American course by a million <laughs> compared to anywhere else. And even did. then it was not close to most of the American courses you would no, see around. No. Like you, you, oh, so you that gives you an idea. Yeah. And that was, exactly. you know, and then I guess another question I have veering away a bit from the mini golf balls. Now that you have played in many, you know, this year's Wagam, a record setting amount of registrants played. Um, I think it was a, like 11 or 12 different countries. You know, mm -hmm. You've seen a variety of different countries come through and play. Are you getting the sense that each year the competition is getting tougher and tougher across all of the categories, that it's getting bigger and bigger? I mean, from, you know, it's hard because a lot of us are in the mini golf world, right? Or we're either working with the WMF or we're doing all of this sort of stuff, but trying to get different perspectives of is this really continuing to grow and continuing to be something where, you know, each time you go out there, not only are you battling the equipment, but you're battling just an increasingly increasing level of participants out there as well. Well, I think um, I was happy to see that this by far was the most female participants. I think we had 20 mixed pairs and 
uh, I'm going to guess 22, 23 female. It's 22 players. female putters. So um, we're drawing some of the better because of the mixed pairs. We're drawing some of the better females from some of the other European venues like the felt internet and so forth. Um, uh, historically, there's several things that seem to happen with these tournaments. Um, the home team we'll call them, has a big advantage. The Swedes and the Germans have been the statistical favorites. With the Germans not playing, uh, the, the Finns have been doing really well. Um, so it's like you sort of know who the, the contenders are before you get there, and it's lived up to that. But Hungary sent a team, and they had some really strong players, and um, so that was the first time, and we're seeing teams like Portugal and and uh, right. some of those guys. Uh, so I think as the popularity of the sport grows, and when I, t I talk about in Europe, I would say adventure golf, which we would call miniature golf, is one of three or four different kinds of miniature golf over there. So yeah. they have all different things where here it's all miniature golf. So some of their best players uh, don't really care for the advent, the adventure golf. And, uh, but I think it's becoming more appealing because the sport is becoming more appealing uh, because he, some of their courses, um, the felt, uh, I got post-traumatic stress disorder just from looking at them. <laughs> right, I want you to hit a 70-yard shot through two-inch openings, three different, I'm like, like I don't want to play it. I know that public <laughs> doesn't want to play it. So, so, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even want to look at that. I think it'd be fun to play, but I would be like, not, not happening for me. I'm not, I'm not good enough to, to, to do that. I think with the adventure golf, I, you know, I can at least keep it, even though there's no rails in adventure golf, I, we call it keeping it between the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did go out of bounds twice on one hole. So oh, no. <laughs> I needed higher rails evidently. So. And for those uh, that are not familiar with some of the rules overseas, which I've found out in the last year, is that I think the U.S. is the only place where if you go out of bounds, there's a stroke penalty and a lot of versions of what we would call adventure golf. A lot of the other forms, I guess you would probably rarely go out and bet on felt or Ethernet, yeah. but on adventure golf. You know, there's like drop zones from the water on some courses where the, you don't get a stroke penalty if the ball gets past a certain point. And there's just also you just put it up on top of the berm or you just put it back in bounds and keep hitting away if you go out of bounds. It's not a overly punitive thing, especially, you know, as you talked about this being an outlier course that typically in the really more, you know, the Finland course or the Sweden course you mentioned in Kuhn Golf, the city golf course is the standard is sort of like with putt-putt where it's kind of expected that you can and you should ace it for the really, really top players where you're getting those scores in the 20s where, you know, you know, if you had like a probably a previous Wagam, you know, and of course like putt-putt tournaments, like a 30 is like 
not a serious player, but obviously a wagon, you know, and at this course in Austria, 31 is exceptional and that a 40 is not totally out of the ordinary. So, um, yeah, what the thing I'm always curious to hear more about and honestly that makes it the most appealing to me, it just seems like the international camaraderie and vibe is always the number one thing that people leave with. They be like, yeah, I could have played better, but there just seems to be a great energy in that exchange. Tell us about your experience this year and just in general at Wagam. Oh, um, that's what got me hooked. Um, I expected I would be like a one-off in 2018. That was, uh, was just like a bonus for me to just get to go play. And I did well and meddled, but it was the, the meeting people from all over the world with a passion for the same game that you have. I mean, we all know that, um, that the, to me, the putting community is one giant dysfunctional family that loves each other. (laughs) That's why I've always considered it. And all of a sudden now we have extended family, people from all over the world that like playing the same game we do that aren't playing it obviously for money or for, you know, prestige other than for the people in the game itself, their peers, you know, so it's, uh, it's just tremendous. And, uh, you know, there's a, a few of the countries I like uh, when we first started playing, it didn't seem like the Swedes and the Germans wanted to help each other much because they're their main competitors, but everybody else, you know, <laughs> you would, you would get help from, And it's just, uh, you know, following people's lives um, through COVID and through everything else. And it's, uh, you know, uh, it's amazing how quickly you can bond with someone. I'm sure you experienced it at the the crazies. Uh, And the Brits are hilarious. They're so fun. Oh, my God. Like those guys. That that whole cast of characters that was the UK team. They're they're all like fantastic. What it's uh Sevy and Martin Greenhead and James mm-hmm. Shaw. Yeah, and... I met him for the first time. He's a new player and uh he's a character. Lovell and, uh, and Steve Lovell. Uh there, there's always some just really hilarious guys over there. Yeah, they're 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 all fantastic. And yeah, just even you know, I talked you know, James I think Rutherford was, too. He's, yeah, he's James Rutherford. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there's like a lot of James and Marks. That, <laughs> that yeah, Mark as a matter of fact, when I met the James that you mentioned, I was I was like, uh, how many James are on this course <laughs> on your team this year? So I started calling him the sequel. So I think that's stuck. He's now James the sequel. I played with James Short, not to be convinced or not to be confused with. James Shaw, and then you add accent, British accents into it, and <laughs> yeah. people being from all over, you know, England and the UK. Then you know, all of a sudden, you're like, "Wait, what's your name?" It's like, "Oh no!" Like, it, it, but it, but in in the best possible way, because you like very quickly the language bears and everything goes out of the way, and you're just like talking mini golf and seeing different approaches, mm-hmm. and it's. Yeah, it's it, it it's really it's really incredible. Um and you know just you know talk about Team USA because 
you've gone for a few years. Talk about the team this year and how that just as a team bonding experience was for everybody. Oh, well, this was a, a great year. Um, last year was awesome too, but there was just five of us who made the, the trip over to Finland. So it was, it was much more festive um, having so many more of us out there. Uh, everyone came back from last year, except for Jeremy and Abbott, who's work he there was just no work around i know he was devastated not to have made it but we had um three first time uh john powell and danny tatum and brian acres out of atlanta and uh i think they all had a blast and just always happy smiling positive attitude guys all three of them and uh you know, uh, Wade and Olivia, of course, fantastic and super helpful because she, even though she hasn't played with the mini golf balls since I think they said 2010, it's been a long mm -hmm. time. She still grew up a little bit with, with yeah. that, a little more experience than us. And um, Gary Hester's always a great player. Anytime he gets over there, Tim Talley is uh, his game's, really gone up in the last year and year or two he's taking it up a notch and uh, rick um who you know rick on, on on international competition is sort of like somebody walking the streets of fallujah you know he's got that <laughs> that intensity but um there's a, a wonderful picture that's a photo circulating circulating facebook of him hugging olivia after she won and uh oh yeah olivia was yeah. a rookie. it's hard to, olivia and rookie i mean right don't you know the same. i would call it a ringer more than a rookie <laughs> is that true maybe i, I met, heard I met that, olivia but she, she was like about up to my knee i think <laughs> is that so olivia has never played wagon before no right? i've forgotten about that i've forgotten about that that is i think i'd heard that and i just didn't believe it but it, it is interesting like how how much the world outside the united states their experience with mini golf is like that um i've had the chance to play with another czech player uh voita who's fairly well accomplished and yeah it's just like we went and played an internet course and he's just like i had a handful of mini golf balls with us he's like drop 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 like three of them he's like this one this one this one like it was just like and he was playing adventure golf and he's an adventure golfer but he's still like oh yeah we play this at home and i'm like you know for for all of us like eternit felt and baton these are like these other mini golf systems that if you're not in the u.s don't make any sense you can find videos online but Correct. for everybody else in the world it's like oh yeah that's just that other thing i, I i'm sure though in most of europe it's funny the most of Europe, I think a lot of people that I talk to, the thing that they're most curious about is putt-putt because there really wasn't a putt-putt presence really what outside the U.S., South Africa, and Australia. Is that right? That sounds right. There may have been one or two scattered here or there at, for a while. I, I think there was maybe one in Japan and one in Canada. And that sounds I think right. Australia had a, a few. But, I mean, they were 
come and gone. And the issue with that is uh, what takes a lot of mini golf courses too, is the land becomes too expensive. Yeah. And yeah. that's always a, an issue with uh, the mini golf. And I think that's part of uh, that. And also um, the weather in the European countries, they want something they can play inside and literally can pack up and move some of these holes. They're portable yeah. and, uh, so, you know, or you're playing at a bar that's a bunker from World War II, you know, five levels <laughs> down, but, you know, it's 10 feet of snow outside and you're in a pub and playing mini golf. So I can understand the appeal of that on some of this stuff. You, we're mostly all outside. We like to be outside. That's right. That's why I was thinking about Olivia Wagham is that she was a, a coach uh, when Vinette won the gold. So yeah, she was that. there in 2019 cheering us on. So she's mm -hmm. been at Wagon. She just yeah. hasn't played in Wagon until this year. <laughs> so I think the uh, one other thing that, you know, we've talked about a couple of things. Talk about uh, just some of the results and the top players just from your perspective at Wagon. I mean, obviously, um, Olivia, who's chimed in, uh, took the top place for women general class, mm -hmm. uh, which is massive accomplishment uh, for our uh, Czech American uh, ringer, <laughs> Olivia. Yeah. Um, yeah. But talk, talk more about uh, what, what else you saw out there and just some of the, like the moments that you kind of saw them top players. Um, the Austrians were pretty dominant for sure. Um, Patrick Greener and Christian Adler, who hosted us, they're fantastic. And uh, they won their divisions. And of course, Patrick won overall. But even within the Austrian team, it was very close battle for the teams and ended up going down to the 18th hole uh, to determine which team was gold and which was silver. Wow. So, so despite, you know, the uh, some of the top players being on one team clearly team two had tre tremendous players as well you know or team yeah. one team two team atb however you slice it i mean they were all great and they played well you can be a great player but if you don't play well you're going to have problems because there's players from across the world that will no matter how good you are on your own home course, they can come in and try and steal it away from you. You know, um, the mixed pairs gunner and I want to say Wilma, uh, won the gold there. And that was really good teamwork. Wilma played great. Um, all Austrians had, had three really good ladies playing in on, on their teams, but you have one bad hole and it's problems and that happened a couple of times on some of those teams um carl uh carl lagos he's been playing i don't know how many years he's been playing he's come to the u.s masters as did christian and patrick also came last year to mm -hmm. our masters and have played uh christian has played it a number of years for sure mm -hmm. um you know they're all in the mix i mean 
I looked at the the mixed pairs, the top eight of 20 that made it, and there was some world champion players that didn't make the cut. <laughs> um, and it was like, wow, how do you know who's going to win? You, you don't. And uh, the Finns have been really, really good. They swept most everything last year in Finland, but um, they're proving to be a world-class team on any course. And um, the Czechs are always, I think they were team four and five, but Matej, who won the, the juniors, Matej Valchek, I think he was leading for a while. Matter of fact, some of the junior players were yes, yeah, three, three of day, them were, were, really were leading. Uh, the, the kid from Sweden that had the frog hat on the whole time. <laughs> he was, like, so he said he's leading the whole tournament. I'm like, wow, that's how often does a kid with a frog hat lead the tournament? But I forget his, I'm, I'm not good with names right now, but he was Christian. I think uh, no, it was was it Eric Eric Nelson. Eric, yeah, yeah. Right. it was it was wild. I think it was after day one. I was looking at the results, and it's like the number one and two youth players were like two, were one or two or two and three. Eric was overall. the only yeah. one on the first day to have three scores below thirty six. Yeah, wow. he was he was he was amazing, and uh, I mean he, he was in the mixed pairs, but uh, I think. Uh, they had a couple of bogey problems, but that's the thing. I mean, things can go south in a hurry. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of sevens. Um, I didn't have anything more than four, but I tend to be conservative, but I had, you know, I'm doing the math. And I'm like, all right, what did I have? Two fours this round? One, two, three, four, five, three. So, you know, I'm like, did I have any deuces anywhere? <laughs> it, was all, it was all bogeys. So many buggies, so few aces. There was many holes that uh, I never aced in the tournament. Many, many, many. So uh, yeah, it's Austrian, almost like precision golf. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the Austrian teams, I was again pulled up the stats. So it was, yeah, it was a two stroke difference over the six rounds, 870 to 872. So almost 900 strokes taken, and it comes down to two strokes, which well, is basically on the final hole for the team competition. So that that yeah. is how close those two were. Yeah. I want to the say there was four taken on 18 the last round. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So like, I mean, that's amazing. And then Finland, yeah, they, they, they took the bronze. There were a few strokes behind there as well. But that's like, crazy how tight that can be with that many putts taken over the oh, course of the tournament it's crazy but like uh the 18th hole if you left your initial putt short and you you could you go out of bounds and they put you on top of the berm um that person probably tried to play for the deuce because another option was to hit it back off the team mat and take your ace uh, so I was wondering, why didn't they do that? <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I guess they were going for the win. It's one of those things, but yeah, you, you wouldn't expect somebody to miss the ace putt, but under that kind of pressure, it absolutely could happen. And uh, I'd be willing to bet it was, you know, a, a million aces. And almost, I would think if there was, four deuces on that hole in the tournament. I saw one made in the mixed pairs. I would be shocked. 
Yeah, it, was a, it, was a, it was a little bit higher, but so but it uh, uh, six hundred and thirty five aces, thirty nine deuces. So oh oh well, you know what? I forgot. There is a, a, a the this the there's like a C shot that's around the side that may be like a layup. So some of those guys may have played that. So I forgot about that. But for somebody playing the A shot, I'd bet less than four. Oh yeah, for the tournament. Say I've forgotten about that other shot, but it's. Yeah. Even me, that's conservative. Like the A shot is too good. So, <laughs> so, so 2024 is a year away. It's going to be in the Czech Republic at Brno. Two courses next year. Are you thinking about going again? Well, I love the experience. So I'm always thinking about going. Uh, I think two courses is a really tall order for anybody from here going over there to try and learn that's that's a big disadvantage for us because they're mm -hmm. going to be holding tournaments all season there where anybody can from Europe can hop on a train or a little puddle, puddle jumper and go practice where, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. And uh, especially if somebody like Frank who likes to play the crazies goes from there to Wagam. I mean, that's learning two courses in a few days or the Brits for that matter. Cause they're playing right. usually coming in on Monday night. So, um, you know, you're getting there and if there's going to be a hundred people at a tournament and you're trying to practice, how are you going to learn two courses in three okay. days and the golf balls for us is, is tough for the Europeans. At least they, they have a better idea on the golf balls, but. You know, you can say what you want. You never know what you're going to need till you get to a course. It's true. You might, and you might change your mind three times based on weather conditions or other things like that. Well, one of these years, we will make them all come to us and have Wagman <laughs> in the United States, and it will finally be our turn to have the home course advantage. That would be nice. That would be very nice. Yeah. Uh, Czech Republic, it's funny. That course is on my bucket list but weirdly the third course that they're not playing on the eva course uh looks like an incredible adventure golf course that probably would be better played in many cases with a golf ball but unfortunately not having on that but that alone uh is already like having seen it all it's like on my target for uh, for burning. Um, my understanding is that the third course, um, Pazi Aho, who is the tournament director, who always does a magnificent job, he went in and, and said it's an unfair advantage for left handers. And uh -huh. said, we'll get that course, much. <laughs> we want a course that's fair. That's my understanding. That's what I was told, not by him, but I heard that and I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Um, that yeah. was his, his I determination. Can see that. Because I can see, like, it's it's a wild-looking course that if you look it up online, the EVA course at Brno, it looks like some sort of Minecraft meets the Cherry Blossom course on Walkabout Mini Golf VR meets, like, a hedge maze where it's just <laughs> a... And, and some of those starts, because if you look at a lot of the adventure golf courses, they just have these very big, wide-open spaces, and typically they don't have... Um, you know, the place where you just put down your scorecard, like in the way. So you can really play them left and right side somewhat evenly. Obviously, there's going to be somewhere like being a lefty or a righty is going to have a little bit of advantage. But yeah, I mean, in a massive tournament like that, 
where one course can advantage uh, lefty or righty. I, I could see that being a good reason for not doing it, but still want to play that course and still get, I've, you've all like the stories that Pat and you and others have shared about Wagam is like, that's like sort of a bucket list thing down the road uh, one way or the other for me. So you've all just the excitement you have shared for it. It's uh, it's infectious. I, I don't even want to admit at this point and shared with Pat and my trip, uh, how many mini golf balls I've already started to collect. So it's, it's becoming a it's problem. Addictive. Be careful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I, I'm starting, I've got to the point where it's, Ooh, this one looks pretty. And it looks like it kind of drops to, so I've got a zero bounce and now I've got a super bouncy and I've got a clicker and a glass ball. What next? So it's even a bigger problem than it should be. Yeah. I like the lighter golf balls. Yeah. But the last two years I haven't used, I didn't, I haven't used any of the golf balls that I used in Sweden the last two years. <laughs> And, and this course too, another thing. Yeah, only 22 euros. That's each. the biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah, nice souvenirs. <laughs> Don't use them as paperweights. <laughs> no, they're and Wade Sommel in the comments for the podcast listeners uh it just put that it's 22 euros a ball, and he's not kidding. Uh yeah. most of the balls are in up in that range. And so you start adding up like, oh, I bought five mini golf balls. It's like what it used to be for me, like record shopping, which yeah. Issue for me. Oh, and, and one other thing for this course this year, um, I think I used 13 different golf balls. It was a yeah. course where you couldn't repeat. I'd be willing to bet that Wade and Olivia probably had a <laughs> pretty good variety, maybe more, maybe less. I'm going to put the over under at about a dozen golf balls for most everybody. Yeah. If you're really trying to be competitive and, uh, some cases maybe more so that was a little more to keep up with too and a little more to navigate because it, it really was such an advantage on some of the holes and you'd know by watching the people around you that your golf ball wasn't giving you that level playing field with some of the others you were trying to get closer and that's one of our things in the u.s is you know we have good players, but we are at a huge equipment disadvantage and then yeah. a knowledge for that equipment as well in terms of adjusting on the fly and things like that. It's, it's, it's a whole different game, but uh, yeah, um, we could literally talk with you forever, Vinette, but I know at some point we're going to get to a point where the service we used to upload our podcast literally won't <laughs> let, I'd like I've had to like, degrade the audio quality several podcasts make it two parter come on two parter that is a good idea um but yeah um and you know any any final kind of thoughts about wagam or just in general you want to share uh vanette you know what's going on with you and all that like feel free oh well i tell you it's uh it, it's an experience like no other it's uh, incredible to represent your country and incredible to make friends around the world. And that's, it's like the commercials hashtag, hashtag priceless. You know, we don't make money in this tournament and there's a lot more choices now in the United States where you, you can play for money and that's drawing some of these folks away. But uh, 
you know, there's nothing like the experience of walking through a small town. We walked through downtown and people were opening up their balconies and their kids were coming out to collect flags. And we had a marching band with our parade of nations, everybody marching through and, uh, you know, stuff like that. You just, you can't replicate definitely an experience that is, uh, will stay with you forever. I'm sure Pat has waxed poetically <laughs> on that. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, wonderful, wonderful experience. Well, I recommend, awesome. recommend playing anywhere in Europe, actually, just because you meet such new people, new people and interesting people. And it's just something different and very fun. I haven't heard of anybody that's had a bad experience playing in any of these international competitions. So. No, and this is like a perfect transition <laughs> for us into the next conversation. So, uh, Vinette, you're welcome to hang around and, uh, uh, and, and for the conversation. But, yeah, we, uh, we had a second other big international tournament that we sort of alluded to a, a little bit ago. In fact, you alluded to... Uh, one of the Team USA members, Frank Bassesi, who played in the World Crazy Golf Championships over in Hastings in the UK. And in fact, uh, one of the people commenting, Olivia, surprise, surprise, won a World Crazies uh, many years ago. Um, two, I think three, I can't four. keep track of how many. I really just need to have her resume up every just, time we talk about her. You'd think by now I would know them. It's multiple. It's just like whatever it is, it's 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 multiple at this point. But uh yeah, the World Crazy Golf Championship was uh happened and uh I went there and I'm still recovering a little bit from jet lag because I extended my trip to go to France and uh managed to play mini golf there as well but uh it it had been hyped up for a while our buddies at 54 problems last year were like tom loftus is going to uh i think the red putter tournament and i'm like i am and then i was like <laughs> i guess i am and then they started talking about the world crazies and we, we became friends with them and i've been listening i was like i gotta do this and put it on my calendar early and and did it and uh it was wild it was the 20th anniversary of the world crazy golf championship it's on the crazy golf course at hastings adventure golf uh it's on the south coast of england right on the sea uh if you've seen the movie quadrophenia with by the who uh it's not far from there brighton beaches where the mods and the rockers were fighting really deep reference there <laughs> I was say tom tom going deep cut <laughs> for that one um but uh, yeah, it's been happening for a long time. And uh, if you go online, Josh Mars, which one of the people listening in, uh, he just uploaded a video that uh, was from many, many years ago from the World Crazies, where they used to do it in October. And it Ooh. features Ted McIver and Ace, uh, um, Tim Davis, Ace Man Tim Davis. And you can see some really miserable... <laughs> English weather. It wasn't cold at all or windy. <laughs> the wind was wild. It's like blowing around the balls. But I went to England for a week and it was 70 degrees Fahrenheit and sunny. So it was uh, mm -hmm. exactly how you would picture Dickensian uh, United Kingdom uh, on the seaside. I got one day into practice and had to like find a way to cover my neck because I was getting sunburned. Um, so <laughs> 
several days early got there practiced met all of the characters in the world from the uk mini golf world uh i have decided unilaterally that ted mciver is the most interesting man <laughs> in the world um you can pretty much talk about anything with him and he is just like you know just like oh yeah you know from Minneapolis, you know, home of Prince and Husker Du. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw, like, Bob Mould and Sugar. I was just like, of course you did. And, you know, talking about playing chess, and he's written a book, and he knows, like, the history of Hastings, and went out with him and Simon Brown to a, ball, a small bar that holds less than 15 people and oh, learned, learned how to play a game called, called uh, Toad in the Hole. We had a belligerent <laughs> drunk guy that, like was just being annoying and like Ted just like talked him down and like prevented a fight. Like he's just, just interesting people across the board. And then there was a massive two day tournament when actually three day tournament, um, because it starts on Friday where they just kind of open it up for a team event. And I was, uh, oh, congratulations. On thank you. Um, I was invited by the reigning champs, Sevi Kukielka and Steven Skinner, to join a walkabout sponsored team called the Bogey Boys. So I was like really honored they would have me on. I play walkabout. And the way it works with the team event is they get a whole bunch of people that play in groups of three. And then they have a bracket of the top 16 teams that go on. And it's like a NCAA bracket where they match off. And you, this year with the World Crazies, they had three different t positions a left middle and right position for every hole so essentially what you're doing when you're playing the other team is one person would opt to take spot one other two other three and you would play a team in that you know one team versus the other and if you tie then all of a sudden you go to this sudden death back and forth so we i'm going to give the experience of it because why not but um our team got stuck behind two groups of women that were having a lot of fun and like had vodka <laughs> Smirnoff drinks and got in trouble with uh, what uh, Mary and Homer because they were like talking back to her. They were not using the right tea boxes. They got, they were calling me a narc because I was making videos of them <laughs> because they were so drunk and funny. I, I was amused. Uh, they, 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 I think they were keeping it light. Um, minus one bad hole for me on the lighthouse. Our team moved on, and our first team that we have to play, I have Sevi uh, Kukielka and S Steven Skinner on our team, and we have to beat Sevi's mom's team round oh. one. And so uh, she had uh, a three on one of them, and I sank my second putt, and our team moved on. And then after that, we have to play the other walkabout sponsored teams featuring. My wife, Robin Schwartzman, Stephen's <laughs> wife, Laura Skinner, oh, no. and Gary. Uh, and we went to a playoff. Stephen Skinner's wife was like holding her own and then some. Like her and Sevy were like matching aces back and forth. Wow. Um, and fortunately, um, thank you, Gary, uh, from the Sweetopians, the other walkabout team, for taking a four that made it easy for Stephen um, to win in our sudden death playoff. Because if we had to go to another sudden death, it was me in the third <laughs> position versus my wife. Oh, which no. <laughs> I was glad not Just to resign. have. Just resign. Resign. Yeah. Resign. Yeah. Yeah. It, we had, we'd taken before and after photos that we'll sh share later, and they're 
very funny. Um, I think it was it was so easy going into the competition just because it was like if we lose, it's you know like we we don't have any ill will obviously towards the other team and they're another walkabout team. So great, and then that gave us the chance to play against Simon Brown, uh, Richard Jones, and Paul Tut, three like top oh, shelf putters. And I got really lucky in the third position that uh, both my teammates aced it. And then Sevy's like, you don't have to go for the ace. I'm like, I wasn't planning on it. Because the, 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 the hole we played off on was uh, had like a, a hump over it. So if you go aggressive, you're putting from on a hump over it. I was like, no, I'm, I'm taking it too. I'm not going to charge at it. And, uh, you know, Simon Brown stepped up, aced and. The others missed, uh, didn't get it, and we moved on and got to the championship. Steven aces the windmill. We playing the Hastings club team. So now we've beat like some good teams, and now we have to beat the people that work at the course who are all really good. And yeah. Steven in the second position aces it, and I have to play the last shot, uh, which was nerve-wracking, and I thought for sure I'd hit the windmill, and I left it way short. And uh, sank my second putt, and it was the most fun moment I've ever had in mini golf. Like Yay. making a putt that mattered, and world champion held up by two incredible teammates, and Steven Skinner and Sevi Kukielka, who put me in a position to win and have a nice little uh, little medal to to do that. And uh, somehow I ended up playing another day of rounds after that. I think it was like. I barely slept that night. I was so excited and That's had cool. fun. You had your moment. You I, I had my moment. And fortunately, yeah. there's video of it. Uh, I've, I've a couple great photos that I've shared. But um, yeah. And, and, and Paul then Tutt set the record on that course, if I'm not mistaken. You uh, tied the record to 27. I think mm -hmm. uh, there's a video of someone getting a 25, which uh, works well to move into our first day. So it's a two-day event, and there's a novice and a pro division. I played novice because it's my first time around, and I've never been over there. And I know there's really talented novices, so I didn't feel like I was coming in and playing against, like, stiffs and, like, I'm just going to beat up on people. <laughs> but I played really well after very little sleep in my first round. And uh, eventually, after three rounds, both myself and Aaron of AMA and O Street fame um, made the novice crazy round so after three rounds the top novices top 12 playing groups and played in a crazy round where all the balls are in play and we talked about it last episode and came home uh in sixth and aaron came home in fifth he had a better final round um and it was just a really amazing uh experience uh murray thompson who started out the novice day. He had the course record on a video and people were a little dubious of it. He shot at 30 to start the day and he was no slouch. And so uh, Murray Thompson won it in there. And, you know, they, uh, I, I took sixth after a, after playing that full round, I had to play a playoff to get sixth. And after seven holes, I finally won it. And it was a lot of fun. I matched two aces somehow keep going on and, my delirious, uh, barely slept state and uh, <laughs> continued on to play the next day. And uh, yeah, the, what happens is they throw out your crazy round score and the novices that they choose to go on do it and played another three rounds. And, you know, the pro standard over there 
was super high. And so the players that I think everybody had imagined being in the running were the people that were in the running. Uh, Mark Chapman, Michael Smith, mm-hmm. Adam Kelly, Frank Bassesi, Ed Pope were all really in the running. Uh, same with Sevi Kukielka. Um, he really was playing well. He was our guest last podcast. And um, what it really came down to were a couple of rounds that final day that and a couple of putts that frankly made a huge difference. So with the crazy, crazy round, it's only the top 18. And if you listen to the uh, 54 problems recap, you'll get to hear Simon talk about how he had tied for the 15th place, but he did not make the cut because they had to go past aces for the deciding factor for the tie. And they went to deuces and Steven Skinner made the cut. And Simon Brown was the last person to miss it after taking a three on the 18th hole of the sixth round. But to be, to be fair, Simon, I think I saw him at like 14 coming around the corner was like, I need to like ace them out. And I watched him take 14 home. And I think he took 15, 16 and 17. So he was really making a, a, you know, a valiant uh, run at it. And yeah, it was, it, it was a really exceptional rounds. And then getting to watch that crazy, crazy round, the last group of Adam Kelly, Frank Bassesi and Ed Pope was just wild. And Frank played out of his mind in a crazy, crazy round. And so did Ed, you know, the best rounds of the weekend were, were 27. And with the crazy, crazy round with all balls in play you have ed pope shooting a 32 frank shooting a 30 and adam kelly shooting like like unbelievable 28 and there's videos of him making the deuce on 18 and he had a ball in his way he was stymied and he played off of a wall in the most like showy perfect (laughs) shot that you would never play with those like weird, funky, old, it's an old Arnold Palmer course. So those walls, you hit it like one inch difference and the bounce is completely different. He makes the putt and you're just like, and wins it by five strokes in the end over Frank Bassesi, who made some really incredible putts. He was like, he had two balls on hole six that were like each, you know, they were in like each side of the cup. And he just like went right between them. And it, as I mentioned, hole six, you can go over if you hit it too hard. He just hits it in perfectly and doesn't touch them. And you just watch the standard of these people playing with this unique final round. And it, it was just impressive. And, you know, there's a million stories uh, from it that are interesting. Mark Chapman coming in seventh um, after having won three previous before last year, Adam Kelly repeating it. Um, Ed Pope having another really strong finish, but Frank getting second is probably one of the bigger stories. And then, um, you know, we have like Marton Geta who plays for Hungary and, you know, has been playing competitively for a few years, finishing in ninth and his final pairing group being, uh, Michael Smith and Mark Chapman. That's like a pretty massive accomplishment. The Great Britons. So, I mean, I think, and then Martin had a pretty great showing at Wagham too. And I've played with him in Sweden. He's 
phenomenal human being um he's an astrophysicist too he's like another one of those like someone was like calling him like a spaceman and it's like it didn't seem like that like kind of out of it and they're like no he was supposed to be in the hungarian like space program he was like the first he was like the last person cut it's just like oh he's just like a jack of all trades but um yeah, there, we'll we'll put the results in Bond Golf, but the overall picture of it, because I could talk about it forever, is, is you're on the English seaside, you're on an old school course with these classic obstacles, and it is just like the most fun atmosphere. You hear people yelling after they make aces and having a lot of fun, and I definitely, I held up our bargain. We did the 54 Problems holiday special. I told them, if you get me over there, I will... You will hear me. And someone like Rachel King had said she'd heard me on the other side of the course. I was just sleep deprived and had it like a re- like had a run of holes where I'm like just amped up. And yeah, it was for me, it was a, a very unexpected experience. I missed the cut of the crazy, crazy round by five putts. So, um, Bad there at all. That 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 was well beyond my expectation. Um, first time playing it, first time, you know, over for this monumental tournament. So uh I will be absolutely certain to be going back. I I took my novice winnings and they're like like, hey, here's like, you know, this you get 50 pounds, and you know, here's this wire thing. I'm like what about these uh, little staff shirts that you don't have for sale? It's going to cost you a bunch in a wire. And so in uh, typical fashion for me, uh, I swapped out uh, the 50 pounds for $10 in gelato and two polos. <laughs> I think you made out with that. Uh, I, like I, like I made it. out like a bandit. Uh, I was so happy to like just walk away knowing that I cannot play novice anymore. It felt like a moment for me that I am, I'm still professional amateur at heart, but that like, I cannot come back to the the crazies and as a novice, as a novice. And and don't forget to claim the gelato on your taxes for mixture. (laughs) Yeah. You got international winnings. That's all, all going to be messed up now. Repreturate taxes. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, I've got a, I've got an envelope shirt. Drew Customs, <laughs> he smuggled it. Maybe turned it inside out. I, I did not claim it or any of the other uh, things, like mini golf related things. Four hundred dollars in golf balls. You, you bought. <laughs> and, and I will, and and I will say this: the hospitality, and and I've said this in a couple of places. The hospitality, and just like welcoming spirit in Hastings, like along with earlier in the year how i gushed about with sweden is just like kind of unbelievable is you know pat and i wanting to be really you know um really welcoming into the world of mini golf with what we're doing with the ama to me the bar was set so high it's just like like i think i commented about a pool ball clicker on facebook on martin williams and marion uh hartley shows up with a pool ball for me and then cake for me and robin and brought some for josh mars too and 
you know, Ted McIver brings me his book and write, wrote a haiku in it. Um, you know, and it, it was just, I mean, I, I went to the 54 Problems uh, podcast recording and I think they talked about it in their last one. They tried to record a podcast in a bar on a second level where there was a poetry <laughs> reading happening. Um, and people were just drinking and having fun and being goofballs, but also like serious about mini golf. And yeah, it, it, I could not recommend a tournament more than I could the world crazies. It was absolute blast. Um, notable note um, that I am remiss not to mention uh, my wife, Robin, uh, was now is now the first American woman to have ever played in the world crazies and well what um, about simon brown <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, he, oh american woman <laughs> I... but speaking of uh of the of the uh the brits uh one of the cooler things that happened and i know will be part of our review eventually and we get to it in a couple of putts is most of the photos i'm going to use are from the friday morning one of the last days of practices ruth Burke from the Gemini Mini Golf Club that Vanette was on with the on the 54 Problems podcast was like, there's no women's division. Why don't we have a women only event? Uh, we'll just do it one round in a group of us. And it was fantastic. There's 11 of them. There was my wife, Rachel King, Shelly Cooper, Ruth Burke. Um, uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. I know there. I know Marian, there's just probably yeah. Marion Hartley was there. Uh, D. Ralph was there. Helen Dodd was there. Uh, Laura Skinner was there. There was just all of these women golfers out on the course. And I thought what was really amazing, too, was all, uh, many of the top uh, competitive men, mini golfers, were out there scoring. They were out there supporting. You know, That's everybody was going out of their way not only to watch and support and cheer people on, but to, like, support it, making it happen. I now have a million photos and videos of uh, of stuff that I'm going to share. And it was, it was just really cool to see. And there was a, there's a pretty substantial um, group of women that were playing in that tournament. So it was, it was exciting to see that, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be back to this tournament. Pat, you're going and Vanette will get you over there at some point. It's, it's, it's hard with Wagam because it's literally the week before. So you're sort of conceding, practice which i imagine frank was not feeling too bad about when he got there to uh austria given that he got to walk with that nice little uh trophy and have that pretty cool moment but yeah world crazies all the hype it's it sounds like a blast for it's, sure it's hastings is also a very cute town um you're on the sea Watch out for the seagulls. They will steal your food. They did not <laughs> me, but they're they are relentless. We had one staring at us in a room in the morning that we couldn't keep our windows open, uh, which again was super hot and sunny in England. So if you're thinking about going to England, uh, I guess you need sun cream uh, and keep that in your bum bag. And uh, I think uh, Steve Levels, uh, as they would say, football team is the seagulls. He's Alabama, yes. so like every time he wears his shirt, which he doesn't, but I was like ready. I was gonna like throw breadcrumbs at it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. 
<laughs> oh, one, one, one other uh, Britishism that I thought was funny. So when we're like trying to play for something in the tournament in the U.S., we're going to say, oh, we'd like to win some hardware, right? You mm-hmm. know, that's pretty common. I said that to James Shaw, and he's like, what do you mean? Like DIY, like Hacksaw Jim Duggan? <laughs> Oh, I was like, it went right to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> kudos, James Shaw. Like immediately, it's like I, I like, like this guy. He's like, he's like, no man, that's silverware. Oh, uh, they yeah. call it silverware, and I was just like, what do you mean? Like going to dinner? Like, I mean, to be fair, if I if you gave me a hammer as a like a trophy for winning a mini golf tournament, I'd be pretty excited about that. Yeah, uh, I'll go for the silverware. How about like a spork? <laughs> You <laughs> can hold it up. You know? I mean, I guess like some like golf tournament or tennis tournaments tend to have like the silver bowls, right? When they win, like there's some that. So yeah. I mean, maybe it's not totally outside the the realm there. But yeah, um, impressive second second win in a row for Adam Kelly. Uh, there's a million stories out of it. There's lots of media out there covering it, but. Yeah, a very very cool event. Kudos to all the people that make it happen and the 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 home Hastings folks. I could list literally almost everybody on that list of people that were just wonderful to play with and uh probably would still miss some people. So kudos to you all. Uh what a wonderful time and hospitality. Um I think that's enough on the crazies because it could go really long. Uh, just talking about these international tournaments um, Pat, do you want to, I think, I think the only thing we really have time for is to talk about the results at Odita and maybe tee up the, uh, WPL World event. League? Yeah, we should definitely talk about that. Yeah. So, I mean, super quick at Odita, we talked about it in the, I think it was the last episode or one of the previous episodes. So, um, Gary Schiff, who a lot of, uh, the mini golf world knows he's been running tournaments at Odita for many, many years is one of the first ones I played in. Uh, he moved away from Connecticut, but now he's been coming back and, and running. And this year was kind of a, a player appreciation. So if you had played in any of the previous tournaments, you actually got to play for free in this tournament. And then it was a moderate fee for everybody else, but he had gone back to kind of some of his old, um, format where you played three rounds of stroke play that seated you for the match play. And then he threw an interesting twist this year where the final four of that match play played an aces only round for the win. And this is a typical Harris course. So you're, you're shooting like high thirties, you know, low forties for most of the players out there. Not a whole lot of real consistent aces. Um, there's definitely some out there, but, uh, after they've recarpeted, it has become even a little bit more difficult. And to put it this way, the end winner only had two aces in the aces only <laughs> round. But shout out to our buddy Mark the Highlighter Novicki for taking that tournament. Um, I think it was actually the first time he's played an Odita tournament, and he's like getting very good at playing tournaments for the first time and starting to win them locally. So good job for him getting getting that silverware and whatever cash came with it. <laughs> and before we move on, I do want to thank Mark for today. So I alluded to this in my entry. Today I had a really, really fun miniature golf experience. The Travelers Championship, the PGA Tour stop, is about five miles from where I live. Um, so today's was the Celebrity Pro-Am. I got to be about 20 feet from Bill Murray at one point, which was really cool. But they did a 
so local like local celebrity mini golf tournament this morning two different rounds that went through so a lot of connecticut like the yukon coaches and all that stuff were there but i got to represent as dressed up as a mascot pucky the whale from the whalers and i got to be out there and hang out with these people on the mini golf course it was really cool one of those unique like never going to be able to have the chance to do this maybe again in the mini golf scene but mark was my my whale handler as well as took a ton of pictures so you'll start seeing some of that on uh social media so congrats to mark and um he is absolutely gunning for the matterhorn win this year he is out for vengeance he was our inaugural winner and he wants to come back and grab that up so uh really looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring us uh yeah it was an amazing experience really cool i mean just social but it was the worst part about it is being able to not play in the tournament they had a bunch of uh, obstacles that were made out of legos because that's a big connecticut thing and i'm a big lego guy and there were so many hockey players because quinnipiac had won the national championship like the men's and i just couldn't talk because i'm in a mascot outfit so um but it was it was fun time with that and that was uh that's mark but and odita and i guess it's Time to talk World Putting League because that is happening on Monday. So again, we're recording this the 21st. The 26th is the World Putting League. So either you're watching now, hopefully you'll listen later. It is the third event that mm -hmm. they've run this year and is the first that they're moving off of the Hawaiian Rumble course. So they're moving it to the Aloha course aloha south the island course which anybody who's played the masters that's the one we play vanette you and i we love that course especially playing together yeah um, we like it. so they're doing that it's a it's also a different format this time around we'll go through some of the players and stuff but there's 12 players playing threesomes um, basically a knockout where you get to a final four and they play one final round so a two-round tournament at that course it's going to be a pretty quick tournament because it, it is super ace heavy compared to uh the the rumble course um they've posted if you go to the the world putting league.com they actually have all the information on the players but the couple other things that's interesting this time around too is they're spreading out the winning amounts a little bit so if you come out of that initial group you're going to win three hundred dollars and plus there's a thousand dollars to the that's top winner versus the, I think it was five grand to the yeah. the one winner of those past yeah. two events. Yeah, because Rick so, was second. <laughs> right, and got <laughs> got nothing out of it. So <laughs> so now we'll see a little bit more distribution. Um, That's good. I don't know. We can go through the, the groups real quick. Um, so just people know who are playing. So we've got one group that's Rick Alessi, Greg Newport, Michael Rutledge, another group that's Tony Barnador, who's got the not only the course record, but the U.S. MO, um, Mini Golf Open standard record of 22 on that course. So potentially some good odds there. Nico Manu, who's, you know, his foot is going to do really well at that course. Randy Reeves, ex-Masters champion there as well. The third group, we've got Gary English and Danny Tatum, who's coming back from the U.S. I think he's the only Team U.S. member from this year who's coming back from Wagam and playing. Well, Gary Hester. Oh, that's right, Gary. I forgot. I, you know, he's literally next on my list underneath. They're like written together. Sorry, Gary. Yeah. And of course, he won the first event. So yep. completely just blowing him off. But, but he, um, did, he didn't go to Wagam last year, but he did go this year. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Gary English, Danny Tatum, and Rob Morrison in the third group. And then Joey Graybill, Gary Hester, and Brian Johnson, which that is a tough group if you are <laughs> betting on to figure out like, 
who you would bet out of that group because any one of them can come through on that first round there. But uh, yeah, from the betting side, so if you've been following along any of the WPL or the the Pro League Network stuff, they've it's it's nice to see if you're into that stuff because they've expanded the number of states that mini golf is now licensed in. They've got a couple big ones, um, New Jersey probably being the biggest one because there's been a pretty heavy sports betting um, presence there for a long time. Pennsylvania has been picked up as well. So seeing that kind of broaden out into these states, still waiting for Connecticut. Um, but there's some interesting lines that have been put out there with the aces. I think there's two locks they have for hole four an over under of nine and a half aces for the tournament. I'm like, I don't what? know that that is, if that's missed more than twice by that group of people, I would be shocked because that is one of the hot, like highest aces, aceable holes on that course. Cause it'd be what 16 attempts, 12 players each once, and then four players each once. So they'd be yeah. over 50%, but that's, that still seems like for that class of players, on that hole, that's, I mean, I've missed it. What but. time of day are they playing? That hole was playing more difficult at certain times of the day. Yeah, I mean, they start at noon, so it could be. But I think I think that one's a lock. I think the other one is it's a lock is hole eight, and the over-under is half an ace, which basically means you either bet that no one gets an ace or someone gets an ace. I think no one's going to get an ace. It's just a hard hole to ace, and I don't know that many people are going to go for it, but... I know we had posted it and Jeff Mosk had a good point. Like if you get to that final yeah. round and you're down by a hole or two, you know, that might be one. If you gun for it, you could get it to drop, but I still think, yeah. So 12 to two. So right after lunch there, I still think that I'm take. I would take the under <laughs> no aces on hole eight. And thank you to Jason, uh, uh Durgala yeah, jr. Who was our, uh, I believe he was the amateur champion at the U.S. Open this year. Who's dropped in the uh, chat the times when it's going to be played. Uh, hopefully, he gets a chance to play a WPL event in the future. Um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting. It's going to be an interesting event, and to see what is going to come out of it because it's much shorter, and I feel like this course has not ever been played like this way in competition where people might in their practice have to think about approaching some of the holes in aggressive ways that maybe they don't approach like with eight. I mean, the rest of them though, they're all kind of a shots. I mean, maybe like if you're looking at a hole like 11, that there's some more aggressive, like you are not just going for your two, but you're really like, I got to get an ace on it. And same with 12, but everything on that course, I think all three of us, it's safe to say we've aced pretty much every hole in practice at least once. I mean, we've probably gone for it on eight and made it. Um, but the rest of them, you know, you've probably all taken an ace on them at some round in the masters over the last number of years. So, scores could get really really low and there'll be a lot of pressure um do you vanette do you have any uh betting or non-betting do you have any uh fa favorites without playing favorites uh <laughs> i think there's uh definitely some guys that you 
wouldn't bet against. I would just say that <laughs> there's three or four that are going to be pretty tough. That one group is pretty nasty that you talked about with Hester and Joey. That's yeah. And that's the one where you look at the odds. They literally have not put a favorite. Like everyone is sitting yeah. at plus one fifty. Like that there is, you're, is you're, crazy. I can't say you're flipping a coin cause there's three of them, but you're, you know, you're basically just throwing a dart at that point in terms of the, like, if you're a sports better, there's really no leverage you can get with those type of odds, which makes sense with that group. Like I wouldn't want to put any of them as the favorite. No. And uh, I was thinking about the rumble for time of day. I haven't played Aloha since last year, but I don't think that would be as much of a factor. I don't think that'll be a factor there. Like it was at the rumble. I think um, even that group of three might be the, in the top five, most likely to win. Sure. You know, that you'd have three people in the first round that would have very strong odds at winning the whole thing. And, you know, Rob Morris, who's playing in it, it'll be interesting to see how he does. He's been, I met him by chance at the Orlando Pop Stroke. He plays in the locals there and has been playing in a lot of the Pop Stroke tournaments. It'll be curious to see. You know, if someone kind of coming in who is a putter can do well there, I wouldn't give him as strong of a chance just because you look at that list of people and I think pretty much everybody else in that field has played that tournament for the last 20 years. Is it safe to say? I mean, it's it's not well, Aloha nice. hasn't been around that long, though. No, that's right. <laughs> Aloha. I, I think a, a newer player would have a better chance at the pineapple or the rumble. Yeah. We would at Aloha. Yeah. Aloha is, once you get that dialed in, I mean, yeah. it is it is hard to forget how to play that course. Yeah. I, I don't think it changes. I take umbrage with that. I, <laughs> I, I forgot between year one and two pretty well. <laughs> well, all right. For your first two years, we'll, we'll give you a break there. But I mean, after you yeah. played it for like, I mean, it's like yes. right it's now like as we're talking skating. about it. Yeah. Yes. yes. You're, I mean, it, most people are playing similar shots to what they played year after year, unless there's been a carpet change or something like that. You're, Gonna, yeah, just, or you know which one of three shots you're going to play on some of the holes. So. But you know, the volcano hole could always uh, cause yeah. problems. You never know. Strange. And 18. 18. Weird things can like, happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that stretch of 11, 12, 13 can mm -hmm. bite you because 11 just has weird bounces. And you got the possibility to go out of bounds if that ball just hits one sure. of those cracks the wrong way. And yeah, 18, right? Like, I mean, we're not talking about flat rails or bricks. No. You can get a weird chip and it just goes the wrong way. So yeah, it'll be interesting. But I mean, I got to imagine we're going to see some scores, you know. So there should I, be some low ones. Yeah, yeah 26, yeah. 27s thrown in there. And I think that'll, you know, for, uh, yeah, Jason, Jason's commenting on how uh on how weird 18 uh, can be that I've seen that. I think I, I think it's I got a freaky a tiki. I think, I think I got a video <laughs> a of him, of him making it, uh, making a wild shot on that one. But it's, it's, it's funny. Like with that course, it's unlike a lot of courses that people play where it's just like, there's an expectation of aces. That's kind of wild. I, for me up to that point, I hadn't played, I haven't been playing competitive mini golf that long. And that was the first course I stepped up to. And I was just sort of like, oh, weird. 
there's like an expectation that like an, a hole in one is likely and there's like a sense of disappointment instead of excitement yeah. or relief. More like the well now playing. A- after yeah. playing like the that. courses that you play all the time i can see where you're coming from <laughs> considering half of your courses getting a two is a nice thing it's true we we have some we have some weird ones and you know it's been sort of finding that out but yeah you know i think second year round it, i probably did worse on it because i had such high expectations of you know like oh i gotta get the ace on this and this and this if you go through holes like what holes three through seven and you don't pick up at least two to three aces you're you're feeling like crap it is just you know going away and i think for a lot of people they're like four through six should be like all going in and you know you look at the scorecards and it's that's what they're going to look like but i think that'll make for really good broadcast because i think for people who want to see the game played at a high level i think it's easier there than you know where we've had like people the our, our friend over at um betfred that was kind of like uh slandering and kind of got some revenge on him when he had to play at rumble like slandering players for missing some of those putts on rumble and there's just there's some funky there's some funkier putts on that course and really hard aces and it's you know aloha is gonna it's gonna be a different animal but i'm i'm excited to watch it and uh you know if if you're if you're watching this rob you know if you need some uh play-by-play we'll jump on and we'll talk about that course and i can i can wax poetic about how it's definitely possible it's definitely possible not likely to get a five on hole number 10 so look out for it because if you lose your focus Wait, what if you yeah. lose your focus Did you play it twice no i i i lost my focus and like i didn't chart the weird i don't know i was just hitting a weird and didn't chart the break and it was like a weird anomaly where i was having a great round and still ended oh. up having an okay round and there's some of the, you know, the, the pressure is going to be really on in a single round where there's some funky little breaks if people don't know them well or uh, pressure these gets These guys them. will know them. These guys will know. Yeah, like, these, guys, these guys will these mostly guys know them. them. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see this. And frankly, we're going to be interested to see where the WPL goes next if they're doing more and smaller events if they're going to finally do something outside of Myrtle Beach and we'll see um we're very curious we're going to be excited to watch um broadcast mini golf there's nothing like it so uh yeah that's it turned out great by all like everybody's enjoyed watching the streaming yeah it's it, it's super fun but we'll be watching that and uh I'm just going to blast through a bunch of upcoming stuff because this is long. Um, (laughs) MC mini masters is happening between uh, Mick Collins tournament. We interviewed him last year. Go listen to the podcast. Uh, It's going to be happening in between Kenosha and Lincolnshire, Wisconsin over a long day, six rounds that finishes at parking. That's going to be this coming Saturday. I'm excited to be playing in that. Um, there is going to be a putt-putt tournament at High Point that I'm going to be at, so I'll be able to give feedback on. Thank you, Vinette, Yay. for the... We're excited uh, about this. 
I'm very first excited. First experience. First putt putt tournament. It's going to be July nice. 8th and 9th. I've filled out a form uh, to be an APA member, and I'm, I guess, bringing cash uh, to it. <laughs> That's to the course. Good idea. Um, we won't. They won't take your checks. No. They won't. Kidding. They won't. And <laughs> um, who you are, they're not going to take this. I, I'm going to follow <laughs> that. Uh, Brian Akers told me about a national putting tour event on uh-huh. the day after, on July 10th. So I'm going to drive to Atlanta to that, or to Great. Georgia to that, and then I'm going to play in the Putters League Championship on July 15th. Make it all one big trip, Sweet. and uh, have a lot of fun. Down south, um, that literally is the list of tournaments I'm playing next uh, part exciting. of the podcast. Um, I'm really excited. It's uh, I'm I'm kind of on a bender this year, and uh, I'm feeling it. Yeah, like you last have been in England. Oh, I was gonna say. So you're telling. So I'm looking at our show notes, and it's like all of these things that Tom is going to play, and then the <laughs> next one after this is the World Adventure Golf Tour at the Four Ashes Golf Center, which is the British Open. The, the next weekend on the 22nd, 23rd. So Tom, you're not going to that one too. <laughs> I mean, you know, if 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 the organization I work for goes out of business, <laughs> <then> my... <laughs> you can just fax in his score. Just. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, I have a t- I had a two week break at work where everybody's off, and it's just like, hmm, how does this line up? And then a bunch of stuff kind of fell in line, and voila. Um, I don't know that if, if I wasn't already bit by the bug before the crazies, the crazies just kind of sent it to another level. Even playing last night, wildly jet lagged in a local league, like didn't even practice, and I felt like a new level of it wasn't i can't say confidence but just like uh just like ready to go and able to hit the ball so it was a it was it was a good feeling to have uh as i feel like i've lost uh my touch here and there um within the very small period of time of playing so um, we'll see how it goes. It, it 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 could be a exhausted me from the road. Like, oh my god, why did I play in this tournament? <laughs> I got completely waxed by like all of these uh, season putt putters. But to be totally honest, I'm just excited to play well, in, in any competitive event. For you, it, so. it's totally different. That's kind of why, you know, like I like traveling and playing different mini golf courses and going overseas, like playing in a putt-putt tournament and, you know, uh, is in itself just kind of been like a little bucket list thing. So let's just kick it, it off. Um, but yeah, Pat, are you, you playing any tournaments in the next month? No, not like the next two months. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we, you hibernating? We... It's not winter. There's just not actually up here. There's not a lot of tournaments that happen in July mm-hmm. because it's it's just pure money time. Tourist season. Oh, it's it is nobody yeah. does it like they have to crank out as much as they can. And you would think August would be the same way, but I think with some of the schools going back and stuff, it slows mm-hmm. down a little bit. But all of our tournament stuff really picks up in August and September again. Yeah, and you can you can see on that schedule in the AMA mini golf schedule you can see uh farmington on there that's up in pat's way in connecticut as well as the big matterhorn pro-am that uh pat will be sharing tons about uh soon as he's kind of as i spent hinted three hours at, uh, there <laughs> monday <laughs> shooting videos yeah made some uh videos out at the course to prepare people for this event that's part of the big world adventure golf tour um 
where you have the possibility, I think it's top place, you qualify for top place the is an auto qualify points. and yep. you get ranking points no matter where you do. So depending on how many people play multiple tournaments and stuff, I mean there's the potential that you know two or three places could qualify for the finals. I mean, and that that's my outside chance of getting to Berno as well. There you so, go. Yeah. Qualify uh, for the finals there. Um, so lots of hope. And that's Pat, your tournament is going to be, since we talked about Euro balls, it's right now the only U S tournament that allows for multi-ball, right? We do allow for multi-ball because we are the international pro-am. It's a Switzerland themed course. So we decided, Hey, why not, why not be unique in that regard? Now I have to say again, I don't know that anybody besides myself has ever used a European ball during the tournament, but there are a couple holes as I've learned more and more about how to use them properly, where I think there is a benefit for them. So if anybody, I've been throwing this out all year, if anybody who knows what they're doing has got time on September 16th to pop over to Connecticut, the course record, the tournament record's only a 36. So th there's a possibility that there's some low scores out there that we just, aren't aware of because we're not that good yet with that stuff. But yeah, so you'll, you'll hear some more podcasts coming up, but I think Pat and I are also thinking that this format of just jumping on here and rambling on Facebook and using StreamYard to do it uh, is a little bit more efficient. So we'll see how it sounds as a podcast and whether or not uh, we went way over our, our limit <laughs> on a uh, space, but I, you know, if this sounds super, crunched and compressed just blame it on us for uh chatting a bunch but um yeah you know before we go we just want to thank vanette again for coming on yeah. and sharing about thanks for having me your, your podcast as always <laughs> your experience at wagam in your jet lag state i'm like slightly jet lag but the fact <laughs> like i feel like guilty even keeping you on this long because yeah, what day just, is it <laughs> yeah i was it's 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 it, it, it's real um but thank you uh it's You're so welcome. wonderful to have you on and it was a good excuse to have you on for the first time and uh i think we'll do probably a, another future podcast we can do uh a little bit more of kind of your history with the game and all sorts of stuff because you've been playing the game for a while and uh have lots of awesome stories to sh to share and if you want to hear more of them go over to 54 problems because you've been on that podcast and mm -hmm. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there is a podcast that you did with Ruth Burke and remind me of the third person. You had an old Emily Lundell from Sweden. She's like a she is like the like what Olivia is here. And and now there she's won a bunch of world championships from Sweden. Very amazing lady. So tune into that, our 54 problems, friends. But um, yeah, uh that's it for me, Mr. T. Uh, Pat, do you want to sign us off sign how we normally off, do? Yeah. So with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, putt one ready. Later.